Perception, Perception is reality. Reality. This is the 126th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. It's great to be with you. The name of this episode is Consent of the Governed, and we'll get into that just momentarily. But before we do, I want to ask that you share the show with everyone you know. Remind them we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites by searching the name of the podcast. But the easiest way to find us is to simply Google Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. You can find us literally everywhere. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. On Facebook, you'll find all of my written content as well as the live video episode that I release seven days a week at 8.35 p.m. You won't want to miss it. All right, so getting into this episode 126, I'm calling again Consent of the Governed. That is a phrase in American politics, and we'll talk about it just momentarily. But this is the reason I want to talk about this. All right, so we're just a few days away from the 2020 election. Everything is at level 11. You know, everybody's rhetoric is completely off the charts. And never more have we been able to see that our political system is broken than in the lead up to this election. I don't care if you're talking about on the national level, the state level, or even in a lot of cases, the local level. We have serious issues here in America. And as I've preached for 126 episodes now, we need citizen involvement to better local government. We need citizen involvement to better state government. And we need citizen involvement to better our national government. A couple episodes back, I talked about how I feel like the American political system has broken down. And I talked about why I feel that happened. But as I also mentioned, I don't really have any major answers on how to fix it, okay? I have some ideas, and we can definitely discuss those in future episodes, but it's going to be more than just me to fix this. It's going to take large groups of people being willing to, to say, all right, I will be willing to step out into the uncomfortable zone and I'll be willing to do what I have to do to try to bridge the divide. I think a lot of the problem is so many people believe what they believe, and they're willing to fight their cause to the death, but they're unwilling to listen. And I think a lot of people, in all honesty, really don't understand how politics works. I think if you ask just random people out on the street basic questions about America's political history, kind of what everything has been built on, most people don't really have an idea, okay? And I think that that is part of the problem. I think that's a little harmful to us trying to fix things now because people really don't understand how it was even supposed to be because there's people that are kind of getting into this just because of how 
uh, vitriolic it is, and everybody seems to want a cause to fight for. But I feel like it's important to realize what what made America what America was. Okay, so there are a few points that I feel are very important to kind of have an understanding of what America and the political system here was supposed to be, all right? And I feel like if you ask people on the street, a lot of people don't know, know these answers. And so it's important to know them, so I'm going to go over a couple of those here, and we're going to talk about a few things. And then I'm going to get back to the consent of the governed, what that means to me, what it should mean to you. And I really think that it's that idea, which, again, we'll talk about, but if we all started understanding that and living by that, we would probably be a little bit better off, and it might, it might in a way, be able to help create common ground where people of different beliefs can come together and say, all right, well, we'll do this, and this is what it'll be. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's wrong, but I, I feel like it's, it's important to go over because here's what's important for folks to know. You all and the people that you talk to, you need to know that in America, we the people have the power, and it doesn't matter if we're talking about local, state, or national government. We the people are in power. America is a representative democracy, okay, which means we vote and we send our representatives to go do the work for us. We vote those people into office and we can vote those people out of office. So if our elected officials are not engaging in the way we want them to, we get to call them and say, hey, uh-uh-uh, you better straighten up or we're going to boot your ass out of office. It's just that easy. A lot of people are afraid to do that. A lot of people believe that those in government are somebody. They think that they're important or that they can't be addressed. And, and that's where I really feel like the understanding of what these basic principles mean. Okay, we're, we're not a direct democracy, meaning you don't go to Congress and voice your opinion, and I don't go there and voice my opinion. We are a representative democracy. We vote for representation to go and do our bidding. That's why it's important for us to have a really good understanding of the people that are running for these offices, and it's important to vet these people. And that is true if you're talking about the national level, the state level, or the local level. It's the same whether you're talking about your city or county council member, or your state senator or state representative, or the United States senator or representative. It's all the same. They are there to do our bidding. And it's the very founding documents of our country that set all of that up. 
It's those principles and ideas in those documents, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States of America, which allow the citizens that power and let the officials know, hey, wait a minute, they, the citizens, we are in charge. And one of the phrases that really sticks out in my mind is the phrase consent of the governed. What does that mean? Where is it from? Okay, if you've been listening to the Indiana governor's debates or the Indiana governor's race at all, if you've listened to any of the three uh, interviews that I have conducted with the libertarian candidate Donald Rainwater, you're probably familiar with that phrase because it's something that he says quite a bit. And now that phrase, consent of the governed, comes from the United States Declaration of Independence. The signing of the Declaration of Independence occurred primarily on August 2nd, 1776 at the Pennsylvania State House Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There were 56 delegates to the Second Continental Congress, which represented 13 former colonies, which had declared themselves the United States of America, and they endorsed the Declaration of Independence, which the Congress had approved on July 4, 1776. The Declaration proclaimed that the former 13 colonies, then at war with Great Britain, were now a sovereign, independent nation, and thus no longer a part of the British Empire. Okay, so the declaration starts out when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitled them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind require that they should declare the cause which impel them to the separation. All right, if you want to listen to the Declaration of Independence, I have released a special episode back on July 4th of 2019. I replayed it on July 4th, 2020. You can go back and listen to that. You can find the text all over the internet. You can also find it in the link of that episode. You can go and listen to all of that. However, it's the next paragraph that I find most intriguing, and it's where we find this phrase. I'm going to go ahead and just read this little blurb here, and we'll get to talking about it. It says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. All right, what are we saying here? First of all, it's important to understand the thing that everybody always says, that we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is correct. However, we also have other rights because it's the important words right before that that we are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's the among these which is important, because it means there are other rights, but among them are the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
But it's really important in the next sentence where we find the phrase consent of the governed, that to secure these rights, which means that to make sure that we as citizens of America are able to have these rights that are given to us by our God. They're not given to us by the men writing this document. They're not giving it we're not given these rights by the President of the United States. We're not given these rights by our parents. We're not given these rights by our senator or by a mayor or by anybody else in government. We're not given these rights by the police, by the military. We are given these rights by our Creator. Whatever that is to you, that's what gave you these rights. The fact that you were born an American... You have these rights, and that to secure those rights for you, the government is instituted, the government has been created to help ensure your rights are protected. And that that's done, and they derive their powers to do so from the consent of the governed. Ding, 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 ding. There's the phrase. Now let's break that down. All right, go back to a phrase I said earlier at the start of the podcast. We are a representative democracy, okay? That means there are people that run for office. We elect them to go do our work for us, okay? Which means they enact laws and they are dealing with that kind of thing that we're not all dealing with. So in order for that to happen, we have to have some kind of an agreement with them that says, we put you there so that you can do this work and represent us, and we will consent to that. Okay, that's really big. The fact that we consent to allowing these people to do this work for us, the work of the government. So let's look at it this way. As humans, we are the top of the food chain on the planet, and we are it, all right? So if we agree that as humans, we are all basically equal, okay, what gives one person any right to make any law or say anything about how you or I should live our life. Obviously, we have said, okay, we want to have some laws, we want to have a system in which we have an understanding of how things are to be done, and the important thing here is that we are all able to secure each other's rights, or secure our own rights, rather, so we have to set up some kind of system. And if we are all saying, well, we're all equal, so nobody is more important or less important than anybody else, which is how it should be, then we have to have some kind of an agreement that says, all right, I'm not going to be an elected official, but you will be and will allow you to do this for us which means we're allowing you to, so you're not the boss, we're the boss, but we're going to consent for you to do this, all right? 
that consent is basically a social contract that we as humans, we as Americans, all enter into saying that we will allow the government that we put in place to govern us. It's not the same thing as the King of England, all right? The King of England was born the king. That, that's their deal. He wasn't voted into that position, or the queen wasn't voted into that position. He or she are who they are because of their bloodline. The fact that their father or their mother was the king or queen makes this person the king or queen. And the people that the king or queen look after are subjects. Here in America, we are not subjects. We are citizens. In England, they are subjects. That means they are different than the king. The king is on a higher level than those folks, and it's the king's responsibility to look after these people, to do right by these people, to be nice to these people, to provide for these people. At the same time, these people, these subjects, must obey the king and, you know, um, support and God save the, the king, God save the queen. They must, in, in, you know, submit to the king's rule. Well, <laughs> the early Americans, the dregs of society, the founding fathers said, toss it. We're not doing that. We want to be free to pursue our own path. So we broke the chain of being subjects. We wanted to be citizens. We wanted to rule our own destinies. We also still needed some form of government, so we entered into this agreement. Consent of the governed is a political philosophy and it refers to the idea that the government's legitimacy and the moral right to use power is only justified and is only lawful when consented to by the people of the society over which the political power is exercised. So we as a people will agree to let you, the government, do your work over us. But that means the government also understands, and they agree, and they enter into this as well, stating they realize that we're the boss. Okay? We are the people who can vote to put you into office. So that means if there is an elected official or elected officials not doing the bidding of the people, then it's we the people that have to do our jobs within this agreement that we've entered into and remove those officials so they cannot do further harm to us, so they can't just do what they want, so they don't act like a dictator or a king or a queen. The basic founding documents let us understand and let us know 
that we are in charge. So why is it, why is it that so many people fizzle out and don't care about participating in government at the national, state, or local levels? Now, of course, in this election, we're seeing high voter turnout everywhere. So I love that. Whatever happens, whatever happens, I love the fact that people are coming out and voting. I love to see it. And that's a beautiful thing because people fought and died to give us this right. So I love seeing that. It means that we are holding up to our end of this consent, of this contract, okay? That's on the national level. Let's talk a little bit about the state and local levels because this is where I really see some issues with this. For example... In a local community here in Indiana, there are some officials who sit on a county council. We're talking about Henry County, Indiana. And in their position as government official, representative of the people, a Henry County council, which is a seven-person council made up of citizens from Henry County, they have decided that they weren't really happy with what the citizens were saying and others were saying, so they were going to not allow citizens to speak during meetings. And there were citizens that were up in arms about this, so they wanted to speak out. And as a person who follows government, as someone who's been involved with other governments that have tried pulling this same crap, as somebody from the media, I've said, nope, I'm not okay with that either. I know I'm not from Henry County, but I'm going to go and stand toe-to-toe with these people. I'm going to fight for the citizens of Henry County, the listeners of this show that have said, we're not okay with this. And we, together, the citizens and myself, are going to teach those officials that they have to take part in this contract that we have together, that they operate under the consent of the governed. Here's the problem, and here's why I really started thinking about this. There are a group of citizens, however, who think what I'm talking about is absolutely crazy. There was one man who actually wrote on the wall of a current Henry County council member who's up for election in this election cycle and told her that she would be losing votes if she agreed with me. What does that mean? What? How can you think myself or anyone else asking elected officials to allow citizens to speak for two or three minutes once a month at a meeting is a bad thing? How can that be a bad thing? So this gentleman has given up his ability to communicate. He just doesn't care as long as... I don't know what. I don't know what could be going through his mind because how can that be seen as a bad thing? What's going on in his life 
that he's all right with these people just doing their thing. It, I get it if he doesn't care, if he's just not part of the whole system, then he wouldn't even really know about what I'm doing because he wouldn't be paying attention. But he's involved in politics. I see him posting about federal politics all the time. And it's a, a lot of the times what he posts is absolute garbage. But on a local level, the fact that he would be so butthurt by me standing up for the citizens who say, you know, you guys only have meetings once a month. You know, we pay you tax dollars to represent our issues, to represent us, and to work on behalf of us for the county. And one of those things that we pay you to do is listen to us. And you're going to listen on the record in these public meetings that we allow you to be in charge of. It's kind of like one of those things where someone says, the husband says, I'm the boss because my wife lets me be the boss. These council members, who among them elect a president of the council, they run the show. The president of the council's the boss there, the authority. But when we really get down to it, because of the consent of the governed, that little phrase in the Declaration of Independence, which is how we broke free of the king of England and set up this great experiment, which is America, and that then led us into the Constitution because of the consent of the governed, because we say we're going to elect you representatives to go into Congress, to go into the general assemblies of the states, to go into council meetings, and we're going to okay you to make laws, rules, regulations, and to help govern us. Because all of those laws, rules, regulations, all of the whole framework of government is supposed to be securing our rights. We consent to that. We agree to this. You ran for office. You want to do this job. You have consented to this. You have agreed to this. This is an agreement between people that are exactly the same. If we're humans, and that's what everybody wants, and that's what the whole goal is, is for us to all be free, for us to all be equal, well then in that situation, nobody has any authority over anybody else until we consent to it. And I'm going to tell you, Henry County government and any other government anywhere else, we do not consent to you just unilaterally making decisions and not hearing from the citizens. Because the very first most important right that we have as Americans, as set forth by the Constitution, is the right to free speech the right to redress our government, 
to speak to them and to praise them when we feel like they deserve praise and to chastise them when we feel like they deserve that to correct them. We're in charge, but we give consent for you to do what it is that you have to do. But what you have to do is our will. And someone might be saying, well, that doesn't seem fair. You can't be in charge. But they're just out of touch because what they don't understand, the naysayers, is that we are in charge, the citizens. Even the naysayers, they're part of that. They are with us in being the citizens who are in charge. And the reason that it's that way is because of this principle, the consent of the governed. We, the people, agree that the government can work and do what needs to be done because we allow it to happen. And if the officials don't like it, if the officials can't hang with that, then they need to step down because there are people who can do it the right way. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about the local governments, towns, cities, and counties, or if we're talking about the state government, or if we're talking about the federal government, because it's all based on this same principle. And the bottom line is, it works, or it should work, or it better work, because we, the people, we, the citizens of the federal government, the United States of America, we, the people, we, the citizens of each state government, and we, the citizens, we, the people of each county, city, town, village, or however your community is set up, we have entered into this understanding. We have entered into this agreement, to this social contract, to allow the government to work because we say so. And the government officials who we have voted into office also understands that the people are in charge. And that's the way that it must be, because that's the way that the American political system was set up. So if you now come forward all the way to this year, 2020 and beyond, when everything is so crazy, we have to understand that the first thing that we need to look at is the agreement that nothing will happen, nothing should happen, nothing better happen, that we don't agree with, all right? If the government is working in a way that you don't like, you have a right to voice your opinion. Now, if it's just you, you're just one solo single person, it's going to be an uphill battle. But if you can rally the crowd, if you can rally your fellow citizens, your neighbors, your fellow Americans, if you can get that majority, if you can change the hearts and the minds of the people, and you're, as a group, not happy with what's happening, then you have the ability to make the change. And... I don't know if there are folks in office currently that have forgotten that, but if they have, it is 
put in writing in our documents that set this country up that we can make them understand, okay? And sometimes, sometimes it takes going to the polls and voting somebody out. Sometimes it takes more than that. Sometimes it takes some political theater. Sometimes it takes some civil discourse. Sometimes it takes some civil disobedience. The whole thing that I don't understand, though, is when you have citizens who want to fight against you. Look, you don't have to agree with what I'm saying. Howard Michelson, or whatever his name is, doesn't have to agree with me. He doesn't have to like what I'm saying. He, he can think I'm insane. And he can speak those words if he so chooses. I'm fine with that, too. However, he doesn't get to stop me from voicing my opinion. He doesn't have to listen to it. He doesn't have to like it, and he can even tell his elected official, you better not do what Bilberry says, or I'm not going to vote for you. That's his prerogative. That's his little part of the agreement. But what kind of citizen are you if you're fighting against other citizens asking for the elected body to allow citizens to have a point in time during meetings where they can speak to their officials. How is that bad? Why is that bad? There are elected officials that think it's bad, and those elected officials should not be in office. But for another citizen to not like it, that just doesn't make any sense. And, and honestly that becomes a situation where that person's just so ignorant they don't understand they're they're arguing against their best self-interest and they are a non-entity but really it then boils down to what the government understands and look it doesn't matter if the government understands it or not that's how it is and if we as citizens can start understanding this a little bit better if we as citizens can start having a little more understanding of what our authority is and what the government's authority is not, then we can start taking back control and we can start putting the pieces back together. We're not all always going to agree. But at that point, it comes down to just the, the basic building blocks of what America is. The majority rules. Look, we're right now in an election cycle. And there are lines out all the doors of people who are standing in line to vote. I don't know what that means, and we're not going to know for a while now. But it means something's happening. Some kind of change is coming. And it might be the change where the same people who are currently in office stay in office and those that are trying so hard to fight against those people are put in their place finally by some kind of massive landslide. Or it might go the other way. The people who are currently in office are going to be thrown out on their asses and the challengers are going to be put in and it's going to be a landslide and we'll know. 
But one of those two things will happen. I do not believe that this election is going to be close in any aspect. I believe it's going to be a landslide all the way down. I don't know which way it's going to go yet. But I think that this is going to be a mandate. I think that we're going to see the citizenry coming together and saying, this is what we want. And I think that might be a way that we can look at it to start trying to repair the country, trying to start repairing our ability to talk to each other and to agree and to disagree and to be able to disagree and still be civil about it. We have to understand that we have the ability to make the change. So if we want Donald Trump to stay in office, if we want Eric Holcomb to stay in office, if we want three county council members to stay in office in some podunk county, then we have to get out, we have to vote, and we have to do that work. See how I'm tying that back in? That's what all this means. I know it might have seemed like I was getting off the tracks a bit, but this is what this means. The bottom line is, it's in our hands. The government was set up to where we're the most powerful and important aspect. We just have to be willing to do the work. Not just get on Facebook and bitch not just get on Twitter and try to outpost each other with memes and try to post fake news and real news and, and confuse the whole system. Not try to shout one another down. But to be able to get educated about the people who are running for office, to be able to help educate others, to be able to get out and vote, and to be able to get others to go out and vote. And then... It comes down to the old principle of may the best man or woman win. At the end of the day, if you've gotten out and done everything that you can do, if you voted and if you've rallied the troops in your area to get out and to vote, your friends, your family, your co-workers, your enemies, the ice cream man who stops by, then you've done everything you can do. If the other side has mobilized more people, they're going to win. And you have to understand that's how it goes. There are offices that only have two-year terms. So it only takes two years until you can do it all over again. And if you don't like who's in there now, well, then you have a chance to get them out of office. There are offices, and the majority of them, that are four-year periods. The same thing. Four years isn't a whole lot of time when, when you really think about it. How fast four years goes by. Then, of course, there are offices that are six-year terms. That's a little bit longer. But still, in the grand scheme of things, we have the ability to vote into office those that we want in office. We have the ability to kick their asses to the curb. But you've got to put in the work. That whole consent of the governed isn't a contract that you enter into and then just flop on the couch and don't do another damn thing. 
No, no. You have to be active in the process in order for consent of the governed to really work and mean anything. It's going to take a little bit of hard work from you. And, and I'm hoping we're starting to see it. We're starting to get more listeners. There's we're, The show is building tremendously, and I have to thank all of you for that. We're starting to see more people get engaged on social media. We're starting to see more people get engaged at their meetings. Lots of people that I've never seen participate in government and elections before are starting to get engaged on a state level with the governor's race. And like I said, the lines outside of polling places for the last 20-some days have been astronomical. I've never seen people standing in line to vote the way that I've seen this year. And like I said earlier... Right, wrong, good, bad, or indifferent. At least people are getting out and voting. That's what matters. And the whole idea of this is understanding that you have the ability to get out and attempt to change minds as well and have those people go vote. So at the end of the day, whoever has got the people most engaged, whoever has caused the people to be excited, and whoever has caused the people to want to get out and make a difference by voting, well, that person will be victorious. At the end of the day, that is all that will matter. And we all, the winners and the losers, will have to live with the decision that is made because that's part of the social contract. And that will be the first step to mending some of the broken issues within our political system. Because what has basically been happening on small scales since 2000 and definitely in the election of 2016 is... A side wins, and the other side says, nope, I don't accept it. And that is where the breakdown starts. And we cannot allow that to happen this go-around. Whoever has the voters, whoever has caused people to get out and to be passionate about standing in line, that person will be the winner once the votes are in and the votes are counted. All right, we have to take a real quick break, but you're listening to episode 126 of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. Hey, so what's a great way to spread awareness that driving high is illegal everywhere? A catchy song, of course. reminder, don't drive high. If you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. 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 
All right, folks, welcome back to this 126th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. We've been talking about consent of the governed and what it means and how we should be applying this and looking at this as citizens going into an election in just a handful of days. And I'll be really honest, I think that a lot of citizens are there. I think a lot of citizens have started realizing, hey, I better get out and I better act. I better get this under control. And I think that we're going to see some real surprise here in just a couple of days. I'll be real honest. I don't know which way it's going to go. I don't have a feeling about how this election is going to turn out. I normally have a really good feeling about where we are. I normally am pretty good at calling winners and I don't really have a grasp on what's going to happen this election. I don't understand what's happening when we have been having early voting in Delaware County for close to 20-some days uh, at this point, and there has been a line hanging outside the door every one of those days. It's taken an hour, two hours to get to vote in some communities around Indiana. I'm really impressed by the amount of people who's getting out and early voting. There are even more people that have submitted absentee ballots in all 50 states. And I think it's going to be really surprising to see what this outcome is going to be. We've been hearing from the media for the last little bit that this election was not going to be decided on election night, that it could be weeks or months before we know who wins the presidency, and I don't know how they think that's going to affect other races, but if we're not going to know who wins races on the federal level, I have to believe that we wouldn't have an understanding in some communities, in some states, who wins on the state and local local level races as well. If you have votes outstanding, if you have votes that haven't been counted in the presidential election, it's on the same ballot, so you're going to have votes that won't be counted in state races and local races. So we've been hearing from these people how this is going to be the most different election that anyone has ever seen in the history of ever. I don't believe it's going to be that way. I believe that the lines that we are seeing is telling us that we're going to see a landslide. I don't know if that's a landslide for Donald Trump. I don't know if that's a landslide for Joe Biden. I don't know if it's a landslide for not Joe Biden, or I don't know if it's a landslide for not Donald Trump, because you understand there are a couple different things there. There are people who are voting for Donald Trump, and there are people who are voting for Joe Biden. And then there are people who are voting not for Donald Trump, but also not for Biden. They're voting for Biden, but not because he's Biden. They're voting because he's not Donald Trump. And then there are people who are voting for Donald Trump, but not because he's Donald Trump. They're voting because he's not Biden. And then, of course, you have Joe Jorgensen in there. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. But I can tell you this. My gut feeling says that we're going to have a landslide election. 
I just don't know if that means a landslide election for the Democrats or a landslide election for the Republicans. But this is what I know. As Americans, as citizens, we have the right to support whoever we want and to campaign for whoever we want and to not support the other side and to campaign against the other side. We have the right to vote, to put into office who we want. We also have the right to vote out whoever we want. The flip side of that, the flip side of consent of the governed has to mean we understand that we have the right to do this and everyone else has the right as well. So we have to be willing to accept whoever the winner is. No throwing fits, no acting crazy, no pouting, no stomping around and doing crazy shit that further divides us. We have to get out and bust our ass for our cause, for our candidate, for what we believe in, but we understand that everybody else is doing that same thing, and whoever wins at the end of the day has to be the winner. Period. Point. Blank. The end. Consent of the governed. It's in your hands. You're listening to episode 126 of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Look, we've reached the end of the show. I want to say thank you for all of us here at Perception is Reality. Folks, please share the show with everyone you know. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites simply by searching Bill Bree Podcast. Look, folks, the election is here. If you haven't voted already through early voting or absentee voting, make sure you do something or go on the election day, Tuesday, November 3rd. But get out and let your voice be heard. Consent of the governed, you know. Take care. Be safe. God bless. I'll talk to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.